podcast where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. And I'm producer Henry J. Thanks for joining us on episode number 123, which is brought to you by Milltown Credit Union. Going strong since 1939, join us as we celebrate 80 years in business. From visa cards to checking accounts, Milltown Credit Union is your one stop for all your financial needs. Visit us at milltowncu.org or stop by at 3102 Broadway here in Everett. Okay, so on today's episode, we're going to be sharing some events from the Weekly Goodness, just like we do every week. Then we're going to give you some tips on the Food Truck Festival and Yum Run, which is happening this Saturday. And we uh, sat down for a chat with Bill Rucker, the descendant of the Rucker Brothers. Then finally, we're going to play Five Fast Favorites with Ryan and Lindsay from Clark Park Active. Whew, full show. I'm excited to jump in. Let's do it. All right, guys. So for this week's Life and Everett section, we're going to be talking about food truck festival hacks and uh, Yum Run 5K hacks. So And tips. Yeah, tips for enjoying the festival, general things that we've learned over the last several years of doing it, basically how you can make the most out of your day. Who wants to start? Well, I think like one maybe basic thing, I, I know one of you guys the other day was, was saying how uh, some people told you that they were like overwhelmed by the amount of things going on between the run and the food trucks and Upper Left Beer Fest. And uh, I've, I've heard some comments too of, of people freaking thinking that millennial snowflakes out there. Wow, there's too many things to do. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. Decide for me. These, well, are the, these are the same people that complain that there's nothing to do in every... <laughs> Well, it's all we all we condensed it into one day, so have fun. Three hundred sixty-four days, there's going to be nothing to do. Yeah, it was funny because some true. some people were were like, "Oh, you've got some competition with other events that day." You know, Upper Left Beer Fest is happening, and it's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's on purpose." Like we planned, yeah, yeah. this festival to run it same day, uh, very near proximity to where the beer festival is happening because the food truck festival. We've got a whole lot of food, so what a what more of a perfect pairing than a beer festival and a bunch of beer yeah we've been talking about putting them together since we first started the food truck festival years and years ago so this is the year that we're trying it out this is the trial run of the beer fest and the food truck fest so that would be like my first tip is make a whole day out of it totally you know like that's the first plan on being down here i mean we're going food trucks will be serving until six uh they're going to open to the public at noon just at the same time, Upper Left Beer Fest starts as well, conveniently. Yep. And at noon. if you're running in the Yum Run 5K, the food trucks open at 10.30 for the runners uh, at the same time that the run starts. So you'll be down all day, you know, come for lunch, get dinner, drink a little bit, eat a little bit, and uh, make it an all-day thing. Yeah, it'll be really Don't be easy. in a hurry. It'll be really easy to go back and forth because food truck festival is primarily happening on Wetmore. And the Upper Left Beer Fest is primarily happening on Hoyt, so it's only two blocks away. And then on California Street, we'll have the uh, Maker's Market going uh, between Wetmore and Colby. And so, like, as you're walking towards Beer Fest, you can walk by all the sweet vendors. Uh, Everett Maker's Market has lined up. Um, I think she's got, like, 40 to 50 yeah. uh, really awesome vendors uh, that will be out there. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like... I could see how someone hearing about it could be overwhelmed by it. But when you really look at like, you know, the fact that it's over a full day, I mean, I feel like it should be pretty easy to, to hit everything. Yeah. They're meant to be together. 
Totally. What else you got? You know, another, another thing I thought about was the fact that, you know, so we, we will have designated seating, uh, right by the food trucks at the Cope Gillette theater. We rented the, the theater and we'll have tables and chairs in there. I don't know how much it's going to fill up. Uh, and then of course there's all the seating in Wetmore Plaza, but if someone does want more seating and, or they don't want to do the whole beer fest thing, of course, there's always the independent beer bar and toggles and places like that, that uh, are more than happy for you to bring your food in. Uh, you can go enjoy the seating there and, and get a, a tasty beverage. You know, those are both, uh, 21 and over establishments. I'm not sure about at large, uh, brewing. Uh, I know that's all ages cause it's a brewery and breweries have different regulations. Um, I think they allow people to bring food in there. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I, I know there's just those types of places in general around town. Totally. That, I think that that's is a, another option. That's a great tip. What I don't want to happen <clears throat> is I don't want to like ruin all of the downtown businesses days. So I think that that's right. a good tip of, you know, do the maker's market, eat a little food, drink a little beer, and then pop into Jay Matheson and buy a pack of greeting cards or something from Judy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the bittersweet thing about this festival is like, we know a lot of people really love it and enjoy it, but definitely some of the local businesses have a hard time with it because it can take away from their customer parking or, you know, di- totally. different issues. So yeah, the more local businesses you can get out and support that day, the better. Speaking of parking, that's going to be a premium. I think that'll be my top, my top tip since there's going to be what, like four or five streets closed for the food truck between the food truck festival and then the Rucker Avenue construction, right? And upper yeah. left and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So park in the parking garages, uh, ever park is a really good one. That one's pretty mm-hmm. snazzy. It's free on weekends, which is on Hoyt, which is on Hoyt. Um, or just find street parking and, uh, take a little walk or bike. If you live in downtown or near it, or you can take a lime scooter, which is yeah. pretty cool. Or park down at transit, ride the bus up. Yep, you know? for sure. Or yeah. you could bus bus to the festival itself, thanks to our partners at uh, Community Transit. Absolutely. Yep. They'll even. Uh, I'm sure if you guys have been listening, you've you've heard our us talking about that, where uh, they'll give you an Orca card preloaded with ten bucks for bus fare, so you can ride Community Transit to and from the festival. And this isn't an official. Uh, ad read so i'm trying to remember what the url is offhand i is believe community transit.com slash yum i believe so hopefully i believe so um, i'll check it while you guys keep okay talking. yeah double check it so that's a great way to go i like the scooter idea you, that could be kind of nice um especially if it's a little later on Got in the it. day when parking's probably already filled up mm-hmm. hop on the lime app find a scooter that's a little bit outside of town and there you go community transit.org slash yum thank you okay <clears throat> there you go um Another thing I would say is uh, wear sunscreen. It's going to be, I just checked the weather as of this recording on Monday, 79 degrees, partly cloudy. Totally. Or if you want to be a real baller, bring a parasol. There you go. Or (laughs) if you want to be real cool, take your shirt off. But wear sunscreen in that that event for sure. Actually, I think it's pretty shady um, because the Funko building will cast down shade. I guess in like the heat of the day when the sun is in the south, Wetmore will... You'll be baking on Wetmore there for a little bit, but you know, there'll be bacon, bacon. Yeah. There will be bacon for sure. Okay. Here's the ultimate yum run and food truck hack. You guys know what I'm going to say? 
uh, how are you yeah, going to eat? Sign up for the Yum Run, but don't run. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh. that's the ultimate hack. I wonder if Straight anyone will do trucks. it. Technically, you could sign up for the Yum Run 5K, and you could because the starting line and like the food trucks are like right by the starting line and finish line, and the food trucks are right by each other. So you could start the race, run about a hundred feet to a food truck. <laughs> I'd be the first one in line. You know, you could, but I'm going to still be down there setting up my DJ equipment. So I will see you and I will make a mental note that you're doing what you're doing. And I'll just know forever. I'll be disappointed. It's completely fair. And they're following the rules if they do that. And to be honest, if somebody does that, I'm going to be like, that person is somebody who knows what they want. And they (laughs) go and get it. Food truck food at 1030 (laughs) in the morning. (laughs) Actually, I want to see somebody do that. But then still do the run. Oh, that's like a, like yeah, grab food from the totally. food truck and like eat on their way to the first oh, mile munch marker. That's like hard hard mode. That's like extreme mode. <laughs> that, <right there. laughs> that, that, that would be hardcore. That's like next level. It's level oh, two. Man, just, that's yum really funny. just eating like a grilled cheese sandwich and having a nice run. Or we were talking about how you could use like the buddy system and like divide and conquer. Yep. You know, if you got a few friends, say there's four of you and you each go to four different trucks, meet back up in the seating area and you could split things up, do some sampling. That's always a fun way to go. You know, do it family style. Tyler, do you have any uh, tips for vegetarians since you are one? None. It's a good, good question that you asked that put me here on the spot on the podcast and not have anything to say. I didn't know if you had a, uh, if you had like a battle plan or where you're going to eat, maybe you have a truck or two that you want to check out. Mm. That is a good, good question. But Sorry, you, I can... you coordinated all the trucks. So what, what trucks are you most excited about having this year? You know, one of the things that I'm like kind of bummed about is being vegetarian during the food truck festival because it is not. So there are a few vegetarian specific trucks in the Seattle area. They're really hard to book because there are so few of them. I bet. Well, I'm so, sure they're in high demand as well. So I tried to get some vegetarian specific trucks for our vegetarian and vegan friends, but I wasn't able to. The ones that are usually pretty safe to eat at um, for vegetarians are the like Asian street food style. But the one that I'm like really excited about that we got this year is this truck called Mexi-Cuban. And they're sort of like a taqueria Cuban, you know, hence the name Mexi-Cuban. But it looks like they have some pretty bomb vegetarian stuff when I was looking at their menu. If you're pescatarian, we have a truck. um, They're a local truck. They're actually out of Everett. They're um, commercial fishermen that own a truck called Alaska Weather Vane. Alaska Weather Vane. And they do dishes around scallops so it's all like a scallop menu you know if you're into shellfish um and the grilled cheese experience is another one that i'm excited for there a lot of vegetarian stuff there if you're a meat fan snout and company is um is one that i'd really be looking at snout and co they're like um meat sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) quick side note on the yum run if you haven't signed up yet and you're still interested, uh, early signups close on Thursday. So make sure you sign up uh, by Thursday. Otherwise, you can sign up day of if you really want to. But, but I'll be real be disappointed. A super in long line and it's going to suck and be really annoying for everybody. <laughs> so not annoying to us. If you want to give us money the morning of the food truck festival to be in the Yum Run, we'll be happy to take it. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, hey, how's your guys' lives in Everett going? Drop us a line through social media or leave us a voicemail. 425-341-3731. And we sure hope to see you this Saturday at the Food Truck Festival. Let's take a look at some events happening around Everett this week from our weekly goodness email newsletter, uh, a newsletter we send out every single Monday. Every single Monday. Every single Monday. (laughs) Okay. It's fun to say, isn't it? So, uh, Tyler, what is your uh, event pick of the week? Well, my event pick of the week is going to be for the day after the Food Truck Festival in Yum Run. I'm going to put on my favorite flannel shirt, my pair of red wing boots. I'm going to go down to the Scuttlebutt Tap Room and uh, around noon, and I'm going to participate in an axe-throwing event. <laughs> Experience. <laughs> and I, I don't think that it's a contest, but, uh, yeah, there's like PN, PNW axe-throwing will be there with their axe-throwing lanes where you can, you know. Throw axes? You throw, drink a couple of beers and throw some axes in a cage, and it's like, <laughs> cool, why not? I'm going to do it. I'm not going to drink the beer. I'm going to have a root beer, probably, and then, um, you know, get ready. Because I think next year I'm going to enter in the Lumberjack competition at the Evergreen State Fair, if all goes well, on Sunday at the Axe Ring Contest. Mm, this is like your warm-up. It's going to be my new thing. Nice. I'm looking for another hobby. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Henry? What's your event pick of the week? Well, to be honest with you, I'm doing so much stuff this week that I probably won't be able to get out. But I am going to try and go to the farmer's market on Wednesday at Everett Station because I had such a blast at the farmer's market on Sunday. We went and filmed Live and Ever TV there. It'll be out, um, I guess, Monday, right? Or is it already out? No, it comes out on Monday. (laughs) The The Monday after this. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so next Monday. next Monday you'll see Live in Ever TV. Um, don't you guys love the new farmers market? I, I love it I downtown. Had an absolute blast. It was awesome. so good. Um, we ate. We shopped. I have a big giant loaf of Jewish rye bread. Nice in my house that I can't wait to make. A Who did you buy with. that? Was that from the bread farm? It was from Snohomish. Snohomish. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely delicious. I um, I ate a lot of it while walking around. <laughs> But um, you were just eating a loaf of bread while walking around. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I had a ice cream sandwich from the meat pie meat pie place. Yeah, that's in the film. No, I'm not kidding. That put me down in like straight nap mode when I got home. <laughs> I was so tired. It was it huge. good though. Yeah, I, I think I took a nap when I came. I ate an entire small pizza to myself. But I'm excited to go to uh, the Everett Station version Wednesday 4 p.m. at Everett Station. That's nice. awesome. Garrett? Yeah, I will share about the downtown visioning <laughs> forum happening at Black Lab Gallery. Yes, I will share about the downtown <laughs> visioning forum. Sorry. I know. Let's just, just I do more, that in, weird. more impressions of Garrett here. I changed my... I was going to share about Upper Left Beer Fest, but we kind of already talked about that. So. I wish that I could go to the visioning forum, but I have band practice. Shout night. out to downtown Everett for doing these visioning forums. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think this is the second one maybe uh, yep. that they are, have done. Uh, this one's going to be at black lab gallery engage with the downtown Everett association and let your voice be heard for the future of downtown Everett. That is uh, Thursday at five thirty PM. It's free. Uh, once again, that's at black lab gallery. So, uh, yeah, if you want to have some input on the future of downtown Everett, 
which I feel like is a pretty cool thing to be able to give input to. There you go. Have at it. Cool, cool. That's what we picked out for this week. For more details and to get the weekly goodness sent directly to your inbox every Monday, just go to liveinever.com slash subscribe. And up next is our interview with Bill Rucker, which I will say this is one of the longer and probably more difficult interviews we've we've done just because uh, usually I'm more just um, kind of open ears, you know, it, just very curious and learning about what people do. Whereas with Bill Rucker, you know, there's so much history with the Rucker family and I had already researched so much. And, uh, so I was trying to find the balance between letting him tell the story and me trying to ask my nerdy specific questions. Yeah. It kind of, man, it was, yeah, I, I was like really stoked to do this interview. Uh, it was definitely an honor to, to, uh, get to chat with, uh, Mr. Rucker. So, uh, anywho, uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Well, hello everyone. Garrett here along with our producer, Henry J, of course. And today, uh, we have a very special guest, Mr. Uh, Bill Rucker is here with us. Thanks for being here, Bill. My pleasure. So uh, you are the grandson of uh, Bethel and Ruby Rucker, uh, with which uh, Bethel, uh, BJ, he was one of the uh, original Rucker brothers who were some of the very early pioneers and uh, original founders of the city of Everett. And um, really appreciate you being here. It's, it's a huge honor to have you. So yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of brief context. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in uh, your, your family history. And uh, fun, fun quick story I wanted to share. Uh, so I live in the, the Bayside neighborhood over here. And off in the distance, about a mile away from my house, I can see uh, what most know and call as the, the Rucker Mansion off in the distance. And, you know, that, that was the first house in Everett to be put on the National Historic Registry. And I've heard different things about it over the years that I knew it was an important house. But it hit me one day, maybe four or five months ago, that I didn't actually know much about who the Ruckers were other than seeing their names around town. I didn't even know what their names were. And so, so that was, it was kind of a catalyst for me to, to start researching everything I could to not only learn more about the... The, the Rucker family history, but just also seeing, hey, would this kind of teach me about Everett history in general? So I've, I've had a, a lot of fun kind of learning about what's out there, and I, I think the story is is really cool and inspiring. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like there's also a lot of parts of the story that haven't been told, and so I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to chat with you more. Um, and uh, so maybe we could just start with uh, maybe just kind of a, a brief overview, if you want to share with us in your own words a, a little bit of uh, the, the story, um, and then we can kind of circle back and, and kind of go deeper into it. But maybe you could give us just kind of an overview. You mean of their coming to the city or coming to this community? Yeah. Their grandparents? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Garrett's interesting. Um, I mean, I'm an old guy, but I don't feel that way. And I'm at the wild time and have a bunch of guys. We ride bikes twice a week. And, I mean, uh, I might be somewhat older, but I was alive when my grandfather was alive. And you think about that. And the city really, I mean, that's 130 years ago, essentially. And the story, as I understand it, is he and his brother, Bethel, was my grandfather. They came from Tacoma, came originally from Ohio, looking around for a place to kind of see if they could invest and develop something. And they came by and, and they saw this harbor and they took a sounding from a small boat and it was pretty deep and they said, hey, uh, there's a river comes out here. This might be a great place for a little city. So they, somebody had bought, had owned most of it, a kind of a 
as I understand it, kind of a stump farm, and they bought the whole thing, which is amounts to what now we think of as downtown Everett, uh, for not much money, because they didn't have much money. And then they kind of started developing platting, but then, then they got kind of connected to some people from Tacoma, the Hewitts and Colbys and Hoyts and families like that, that did have money and had a close relationship with um, the Rockefellers in New York. And eventually they kind of, those guys got Rockefeller to put up the money and then my grandfather and his brother gave half of the property that we're speaking of to that group, which I think they called the Everett Land Company, uh, with, a, with no charge, but in exchange for the Rockefeller group, uh, the Hewitts and that group, saying they they would develop the infrastructure, they'd put in roads and they'd start to do things, you know, maybe places for schools and, and a couple of businesses on the waterfront. So it's kind of a quid pro quo of, We'll give you the land, but you got to help develop it, which worked out pretty well. Right. Yeah. And here, here we yeah, are. Just, just yeah, a little bit. We I th- we're on. We're on the stump farm right now. Right? Yeah, we are. You there bet. This is exactly. You know, <laughs> Hewitt would have been pretty much the road that went straight up and across and into the river. Um, but uh, but but interestingly, if if or maybe it's not, but. The economy turned a few years later, and maybe seven or eight years later, and essentially all of those, the big money guys from Tacoma all left town. Uh, consequently, you don't have anybody around this town named, well, not related to the original name. We have Hewitt or Rockefeller or Colby or Hoyt or any of those. They they they, they left, and for some reason the records either didn't know better or did know better, but they stayed, and um, so. Well, and, and that's, that's, a, it. that's a huge part of why I am fascinated by uh, the, the Rucker story, that, that they were our founders that stayed. That's true. You know, everyone else kind of, uh, ironically, I think it was in 1893, the official year, whenever it was founded, I think was the very same year that all those other founders cleared out of town. And, um, you know, so to me, as someone who really loves Everett, I, I really appreciate that, hey, we actually had some founders that thought the place was worth sticking around or like you said maybe they didn't know better but <laughs> th- things seem to work out okay for well, them they do but you know i've seen I, I couldn't find them now but letters like my grandmother moving here and saying and got off of the buggy or whatever and said that she'd never seen a, such a godforsaken place you know the roads were all muddy there were no not even wooden roads i mean it was a real frontier town and nothing nothing civilized in the least but um but they stuck with it and ended yeah. up they were probably glad they did. Yeah. What what does that feel like, kind of that, that lineage and that heritage, like when you do walk around downtown? I mean, your name is on, you have a whole street, you know what I mean? Like, what does that feel like? You know, Henry, I have to tell you, probably until I was, I don't know, probably 50 or something, I was really embarrassed by that my whole life. Why? Well, Everett is the quintessential blue-class, blue-collar, hard-working, labor-oriented town. And the last thing I wanted, and I, 
I would guess you two, if you were in the same situation, would say the same. You didn't want to have people think that you had a lot of money or that you thought you were hot stuff or I that see. you thought, oh boy, they got a mansion. I bet you he lives up there and he'd probably really, you know, something, whatever. Right. Um, I found it very uncomfortable most of my, my my young life in high school and things. And I mean, it's funny because my friends joke about it, but I always had crappy cars and crappy clothes and I just didn't want to have anybody think, boy, he thinks he's really somebody important. Right, like how we how we think of the Rockefellers, right? You're right. A lot You're of just money, immediate, big And I'm money. not saying, in fact, they never did have a ton of money, but they were the name that was associated with it kind of. And then the that house up there, sounds like and it was that did cost him a lot of money but you know the grandfather got married the other guy never did and then they built that house for their mother not for the couple or not for the single brother but for their mother and and uh, and it's a beautiful house however I had only been in that house twice until about three years ago I mean my family mm. didn't live there or hang out there or anything in fact the guy, the Rucker brothers that built it were there for only like three or four years, and they, by then they had a small mill in Lake in Lake Stevens. And my grandma used to tell me to tell the story, which I love, that <clears throat> my grandpa got tired of the commute because she would drive him from that house on the hill in a buggy down to the Snohomish River. He'd row across the river. He'd be meet, met on the other side of the river by another horse and buggy. And they'd go to the mill in Lake Stevens, which was like five miles away. I mean, it. so anyway, the commute got to them. So they sold the house and moved to Lake Stevens. Wow. But for some reason, they, the name stayed. Uh, and I wish it would not have at the time. But I have to say, I've outgrown all that now. It's, and so, so who cares, you know? Uh, I mean, if somebody doesn't like me for something like that, I guess, then they just wouldn't anyway. And, sure. Uh, but... I will say, and one last subject, thought on that subject. And I, and my wife died, and I remarried four years ago. And my, and so my new wife would tell you the same thing. It's amazing how many people ask the question to this day. I mean, honestly, I don't think two, two or three days ever go by when somebody just doesn't say, "Oh, are you that Rucker? Are you that family? Was that your family?" I mean, I, I mean, I'm dumbfounded. I mean, I, I would never bring it up, but. It's just amazing how, and maybe it's, Garrett, maybe it's because of what you said, since there are no other founding type families still here, they are aware of it. Well, that perfectly leads into my next question. Do you get sick of people constantly asking you about that? <laughs> well, I did. Now I think it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's funny because I'm 79 years old and, uh, and, well, I should add one other thing. I mean... People do make assumptions, I think, or something, and like, and I'm the essentially the only heir. Although I have a sister, but she doesn't live here. But, uh, um, but I was adopted, and so is my sister. So we're not even uh, blood relatives of this, family, and there are none, in fact, uh, of of that of that couple, those three people. Um, but, uh, but it's, people still do assume that you know I must be one of them, or think I might be one of them and so what you know it's okay now how old were you when you were adopted were, were you like a oh, baby I was a, as a child yeah baby yeah okay yeah gotcha and uh, has anyone told the whole Rucker family story like I'm kind of surprised I haven't found like a book or anything that's kind of told the whole story uh I would say not um uh, uh 
a young lady who's related to one of my daughter-in-laws <clears throat> kind of did a research project like that for a paper she wrote for in, at Everett Community College. And, and there, there are references to the family and some of the history books of the, of the Everett area and the Snohomish County. Whitford is the name of one of them. And, thing. and they're kind of referred to with a page here or a page there, but I don't, I don't think... Yeah, not not anything dealing strictly with the family. Right. That's what I've seen, it seems like, is different bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. And do you feel like the story has been done justice? <laughs> well, as I told you, I was so self-conscious about it, I probably would have preferred that nobody would ever bring it up uh, right. to me. Uh, you know, I, I'll give you an example of something. And, and I mean, maybe I'm overly sensitive, and I, and I do think I've kind of outgrown that, but I was really was a self-conscious, shy kid. But... Um, I went to a funeral Saturday for a lady who, if probably the most lovely lady and probably had more of a role in the city than anybody, Mary Duree was her name, and, oh, and yeah. Dan Duree uh, was her husband. Anyway, and, and people said the most wonderful things about what a beautiful human being was and how she was somebody that every time she talked to you, she made you feel like you were the most important person that she knew, you know. She wasn't kind of looking over your shoulder while she's talking to you to see who was coming that might be more important. She just had that faculty for making everybody feel good. Um, now, I digress so far, I forgot your question. What was it again you were asking? Oh, I was just asking if you'd felt that the, the story had been done justice. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's what happens That's when right. you get old. <laughs> well, during, they had maybe five people kind of stood up, including the minister, and, and said a few things about, as they usually do in funeral memorial services, about what a neat person she was. I'm sitting there. Six times in the course of that funeral, people said, Rucker, she lived on Rucker Avenue. She lived at 1111 Rucker. Six different times people said that, and I'm sitting there thinking, geez, you know, <laughs> Why don't we just mention some other street or something? <laughs> but anyway, that is where she lives. So I guess she have any address she chose. Sure. But yeah, I probably not because it irritates me, but just because it's embarrassing, uh, you know. And um, but whatever. I will say it's probably been a bit of an motivation to try and live a halfway responsible life and to try and not do something that would be shameful to your family and your ancestors maybe a little bit um sure i don't know those thoughts have crossed not that i've done anything important or been some big success but in the sense of trying to be a decent person i think that's probably true to a degree sure <clears throat> and there's lots of different types of success right yeah. you know i mean what what they did was a little more uh public and and kind of grand on, on the scheme of things a lot of different ways to be successful though it's different times back then too that the pioneering days it was yeah well they, they started with nothing interestingly i think people thought well they built that house which cost a ton of money in that day and i don't know what but it did and they built that pyramid which it's also lives, a lot of money. lives on yeah <laughs> uh but um and that cost a lot of money but they the strange thing is they lived fairly modestly. They didn't have really nice houses. They didn't leave a ton of money when they died at all. Mm -hmm. uh, they just kind of lived within their means and, uh, and, and made some money, but they spent it on things that really like that that had to do with sort of leaving a, 
some of their history to the city itself, I think, although I'm not sure they thought of it that way at that time. I don't know. I imagine that must have been really important to them because that's one thing that kind of fascinates me is that uh, I know you did a great story with Andrea Brown from, from the Herald a while back, and there was a lot of details about the, the tomb and different parts of the story that I had read. And I believe it said, uh, it was somewhere I had read that I think the house, you know, back in 1904, 1905, whenever it was built, it was uh, in those dollars, it was uh, $40,000. Uh, and then the tomb was $30,000. So almost as much as the house. Yeah. And then in today's dollars, that would be $1.2 million that they spent on the house and $800,000 on the tomb. So they they spent almost as much as they did on their house as, as they did in, in on this tomb. And not only is that in itself, I think, remarkable, but just the fact that they must have been pretty darn committed to Everett and wanting to stay here long term because they weren't that old when they built the tomb. I think they were around 45 or 50 years yeah. old. Yeah. And, uh, but they just seemed to really love their mother, you know, who they built the tomb for. <clears throat> Have you ever seen it? Have you ever been up there? Oh, yeah. That tomb? Well, you know, the front door, and it's, it's fairly big. Uh, the front door is like a three foot by seven foot or whatever it is. Door, I don't know. It's all marble and it's all engraved in there and it's all to their mother about what a wonderful mother she was and a loving, caring kind of a person. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's really lovely and, uh, and tender. And, uh, and, and then there was a little, little thing that was mounted on it, which was a, like a two-foot sculpture. It's kind of like the size of the, I kind of laugh because it looks a little bit like the, the mermaid, the little mermaid and, you know, Denmark that, people think it's a great big thing out in the middle of the harbor and it's about two feet tall and it, people steal it and they paint it and they do all those stuff that they would do mm. well this was the same way and then it was stolen off of the off mm. of the pyramid but i mean the whole thing was basically in honor of their mother and she was the first person put it in there uh, and then ultimately other family members as well right yeah, it seems like the their mother, uh, Jane Rucker, mm -hmm. right? She seemed to be a pretty big part of them uh, coming out here. I know I read some different things that, because uh, her husband had passed, I, I think, a couple decades prior, and I believe she had some other kids back in Ohio. Um, but it seems like, because the, the, the brothers, they were, I think, around like 26 and 31 years old when they first came out. So they were relatively young. Um, and I just read some things that said it would have been a little strange for a single woman to kind of travel, you know, and go be a pioneer at that time. Uh, but she, she must have been a pretty special woman. That's, it would seem that that's true. Yeah, you know more about it than I do. It's interesting. But I, like I said, <laughs> I'll sit here and listen to you talk I, about my family. I've been reading everything I can find, but uh, I'm sure you know all, all kinds of things. But you know, I, I know this stuff was, was a long time ago, so I, I don't know if, you know, there's, there's different stories that you've hear, heard from the family over the years or different things. And uh, so try and find the balance between me not oversharing and wanting to be a, a good listener. Uh, but yeah, there, there's so many things I'm, I'm interested to uh, hear if you know more about. Well, um, if I had my life to live over again, I would say, I, and I think everybody says this at some point in their life, I'd go back and spend a lot of time, meaningful time with my grandparents <clears throat> asking mm -hmm. me about what they did and why they did it and what kind of uh, motivated to come and, and be here. I mean, my other grandfather, who nobody knows about, was 
a wonderful guy, and he, he migrated from Germany when he was 12, and he never saw his parents again. I mean, that was just kind of what those generations dealt with, you know. I mean, life, they, they moved, and they left everything behind, and they never see it again. And, uh, mm. and you're, as you say, the Rucker Jane and her two boys came out here, and, and, and the, rest, the rest of the family stayed back there. Um, and I bet they never saw them again. I've never seen any reference to the fact that they would have or did, you know. Yeah, I'm curious if you know anything about what their life was like back in Ohio. You said it sounds like they didn't really necessarily come from money or, no. or anything like that. I read something that um, it was in a book, but it was a, a fictional book that references the the Rucker family. I can't remember the name of the book offhand, but she made a comment that they had grown up in log huts, which I'm sure, you know, <laughs> Back in the 18... With Abraham Lincoln, yeah, next door neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, I just said that spontaneously without thinking about it, but as a matter of fact, my father's middle name is Lincoln and so is my son, and, and one of those people's had a name Lincoln too, and, uh, and I've got this funny thing in my house, it's a, a program of a of a 4th of July, July celebration somewhere in Ohio, and it's in honor of uh, Abraham Lincoln, and but connected to the 4th of July. But I, I have no way of knowing whether there was ever any connection with the Lincoln. I, I think probably not, but it's, it is kind of a coincidence. Yeah, huh. So I have a question. The tomb has been brought up a couple of times. And what is? The, the tomb. tomb. Yeah. And how do you feel about the tomb? I'm wondering because you you know you're talking about how it's you're kind of embarrassed about the family name and people think that you come from money. I'm sure the tomb questions are just out of control. I'm sure that that's like the number one thing that people want to know once it is confirmed that you are of the Rucker family, <laughs> the Rucker family. I'm sure the next question is what's up with the tomb or are you going to be buried there? Right. <laughs> I was I was leading into that question. You is know, is there a spot in the Rucker tomb yeah, you know, for is, you? <laughs> the other day, about a month ago, I said to my daughter, an only only daughter, um, would you want to be in there? And she said, are you kidding me? That's the last place I'd want to be. It, <laughs> it's dark and gloomy and kind of wet in there, and the windows are kind of broken out. And uh, she said, that, that teenagers would, drinking all over yeah, it. Oh, you know? Yeah, and, and apparently we were told when Andrea was researching her little story that somebody climbed up of that and fell off and died uh, not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, that's, that's I don't what, know if it's what true or not, but, uh, but uh, I don't know if you guys did it, but I have never climbed. I wouldn't climb up five feet on that thing. It's really, yeah, really precipitous and not very good toe holds and hand holds and things. I, I, I may or may have not not <laughs> you gone may or to may the not, yeah not, not have gone to the top at this time yes <laughs> but it is from what i've heard frightening but is it is it weird to do, do you want to end up in the tomb is that something that you thought i'm sorry if this is like way too morbid but no, like this is fascinating for know, me because it's like here's a place for you already you know like you were like from birth you already knew the spot at the end, I guess. You know, I'd so never thought about that much strange. until um, until my mom passed away, which was like 15 years ago. And <clears throat> then I was in there and seeing the, the the ancestors. Although we don't go back very far, when I say ancestors, they're most like aunt and uncle and a couple cousins. But um, 
And then my wife, Susie, passed away four years ago, and, and she is in it. And I think then I started thinking about it, and I thought, this kind of sounds callous, but I mean, why not? Uh, it's a lot cheaper than something else. You know? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, a, I guess so. There's right? a spot in there for half a dozen more people. So, <laughs> in fact, yeah. maybe I'm going to see if anybody would like to purchase a, a spot in there. You know, it's kind of like. Oh, selling, there you go. Like selling. an auction? Yeah, yeah. auction. <laughs> That's funny. No, it doesn't bother me. Uh, and I'm not really too self-conscious about that anymore. I mean, again, at some point in time, it just doesn't matter. And... Hey, you guys. Garrett here, along with Ryan Anderson and Lindsay Weaver today. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. Hello. Doing well. Doing you're, great. Thanks. You're, you're in the hot seats right now to play some five fast favorites. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. And if you can answer all five questions in 60 seconds... You might win a prize. Now, we haven't done this too many times with, with two people. Do you, do you guys think you can handle both doing it at the same I, time I in under a minute? So. You should lead, though, and I'll, I'll follow up. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. There you go. You got a game plan. I believe in you. I think you can do it. Henry, you got the timer ready? Sure do. Okay. Here we go. So, Lindsay, where in Everett is your favorite place to tell friends about? I love narrative. I yeah. tell people about it all the time. We definitely tell people about it there. Ryan? First. Yes. Is that you're the same? Narrative. Uh, favorite place to get outside in Everett? Clark Park, hands down. Hands down, Clark Park. It is beautiful there. Okay. Uh, your favorite place in Everett, hands down? This is a bit of a cop-out, but I love our backyard. I'm going to detract a little bit here and say Jetty Island, which is in our backyard. It's in Everett's backyard. Okay, that's fair. Uh, what is your favorite annual event in Everett? Fisherman's Village, for yes, sure. Definitely the music festival. Nice. Okay. And what's your favorite hidden gem in Everett? Um, since it's Pride Month, I will say the drag brunch at Anchor because it's awesome. Oh, cool. Happens on the first Sunday of every month, I think. Mm -hmm. My favorite hidden gem is Zamarama Gallery. Ah. Across from the Irishman. I don't know if that's been mentioned here yet, but it is solid. I don't think it's come up on the podcast. One nice. minute. You made Boom. It. Pros. Hey, I got a couple prizes here yeah. for you guys. We, <laughs> Nailed it. We just, we just got some new license plate Whoa. frames made. So I got Perfect. one there for each of you. Thank I don't know you. If, you, if you got the old one. Mm -hmm. This design is uh, slightly fancified. I so. Yeah. Thank you. Good work. Great. Thank you. This Thanks is fantastic. This is great because someone just kind of gave me a little bump and broke mine. So we'll, oh. this will replace it perfectly. There we go. Good I timing. It. it matches our iHeart Everett sticker too. Yes. Nice. Awesome. Well, hey, good work. Thanks for playing. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, do you want to help support? Hey. <laughs> Sorry. It's Mimic Garrett Day. <laughs> hey, do you want to help support Live in Everett with a donation to our Patreon? Well, you sure can. Even a dollar a month helps us deliver stories, videos, and this year podcast about the good things happening in Everett every single week. You can learn more over at patreon.com slash live in Everett. Once again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash live in Everett to donate today and help support Live in Everett. Thanks for listening to the Live and Ever podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please help others discover it as well by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leaving a review. If you'd like to drop us a line, you sure can podcast at liveandever.com or leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. And thanks so much to Bill Rucker, Ryan and Lindsay uh, from Clark Park Active, and also special thanks to All Our Ralph Army for our theme music. Good things happen in Everett because of you. 
So thank you so much for listening and being a part of our wonderful city. Have a great week, everyone. This is why we're ever till the grave.